don't get caught up too many property managers get caught up in trying to be the cheapest in town and you know they want they want to have the cheapest management fee and they want to have the cheapest you know leasing commission or whatever the, the you know and that's what they're you know they're just trying to you know well you know be the cheapest offer the greatest value you know and and, to, and approach your clients in a way that says i will make you more money if you work with my property management company you will end up with more money in your pocket at the end of the year and here is why how are companies you know creating revenue what are ancillary revenue sources what are ancillary businesses what are ways of building uh, exciting revenue we can and probably certainly will talk about resident benefits packages at some point but there's going to be uh, more than that here which is which is pretty cool too so i'd love to as a quick way of getting oriented for those who don't know many of our esteemed panelists from other conferences or events they've been tapped to speak at um, we've got three just total pros here. I, I really love all three of these people and, and love talking to them and hearing what they're thinking about. Uh, and, and they've helped a lot of other property managers in this industry um, very generously, you know, improve their businesses in a number of different ways. There's probably a lot of topics we could talk about with this group, but excited for this one in particular. So I'd love if we could just go around and you could just share a little bit about you, your company, anything you'd feel would be relevant for folks who are less familiar to get to know you a little bit better. Eric, we're going to start with you and then we'll go to Deb and Phil. Great, great. Good to be with everybody today. Thanks, Andrew, for the invite and uh, love what y'all are doing to uh, help educate uh, further the property managers. I'm Eric Weatherington. I'm the Vice President of Strategic Initiatives at Pure Property Management. Uh, of course, we've uh, got offices all over the country, manage about 20,000 doors uh, all over the, the country and uh, excited to be here today to talk about um, you know new revenue generating opportunities or things that we're seeing down the pike that property managers can do to help grow uh, their revenue streams. Awesome. Great. We'll come to you next, Deb. Hi. Thank you. So excited to be here. I have such an esteemed panel to be on with, so I'm really excited. But uh, my name is Deb Newell. I am with Real-Time Consulting Services. I help property management companies improve their business, work on ways to improve their operations, growth strategies, revenue opportunities. So this is like right up my alley. I love talking about the opportunity to make more money, both on top line and your bottom line. And so. Awesome. Deb, thanks for being here. Always a pleasure. Mm -hmm. Phil, coming to you next. Yep. Thanks, Andrew and Second Nature for having me on. My goal is not to bring the panel down, but uh, I am uh, Philip Vera. Um, Andrew has given me the generous title of CEO for Paragon Property Management, but I call myself employee number one. Um, most of you, anybody that knows me, uh, knows me from my previous role. I was the CEO for Alban Realty. We managed uh, almost 1,500 doors in four cities. And four months ago in April, I uh, decided to spin off and go out on my own. So it's been uh, very exciting. Uh, I've leaned on many of you to, to help me. So I'm excited to, to be able to give back and learn or share some of the experiences uh, that I've had uh, in this new venture as well. So thanks for having me on. Hey, awesome. And hey, just a, a quick thing. So Phil mentioned four months from zero to 400 properties, by the way, in two different markets. That's pretty exceptional, especially when you think about the summer months, right, that we're in, everything going on. So employee number one doing a great job over there. Let's just give a quick, uh, quick snap, round of applause. There's some love in the I chat. Think Eric, I, awesome. I think Eric and I will just turn all of this over to Phil. We're just going to listen. <laughs> oh, 
Awesome. Well, hey, we're, we're going to dive right in because we've got some interesting stuff to talk about, some interesting questions asked, interested to hear what you guys have to share. And Phil, we'll start with you and then we'll come to Deb and we'll end with Eric on this one. Um, you know, what are you noticing in, you know, how PMs are thinking about their revenue and business models? You know, where are they seeing opportunity? Where are they seeing competition? Like, what are you noticing is happening as far as how you think about potentially revenue sources and revenue generating experiences? I think, um, I think it's been somewhat of a traditional model, uh, traditional approach, um, kind of the rent collection, the maintenance, that sort of thing. And I think where we see a lot of uh, a lot of the future is the value add, right? And so a lot of the ancillary services, what value can we provide that's above and beyond? So not just, I think with the growth of investment real estate, um, property management companies, additional competition, um, just kind of being the standard basic property management company um, isn't going to get you as far. And so what can you do that kind of goes above and beyond? And that's where the value add proposition is. And so you can, I always say you can make, you can make more money by increasing profits, adding additional services, uh, or decreasing costs. So we're seeing a lot of consolidation, a lot of back-end technology, a lot of virtual assistance. I think that's part of it is efficiency in the operations. Um, how do we get efficient there? And then the other piece is what value can we provide? And so there's um, you know anything from resident benefits packages to pest control, investor benefits packages, uh, preventative maintenance, uh, landscaping services, um, those are a lot of things of, of the ease. And I think a lot of that is stemming from the culture. Um, our average resident, the average age of our resident and our, our investor base. I think we're, we're used to the traditional investor uh, of being like the 55 uh, plus year old um, kind of retiree, that sort of thing, or somebody headed into retirement. Uh, we're seeing a lot of younger 25 to 35 year old investors um, we're seeing a lot of residents in that same age. And so because of that, we're seeing a huge culture shift um, in, in kind of the housing space. And how do we, how do we adapt to that to, to provide uh, ease? Uh, I think a lot of people are looking for ease. We talked about kind of the Uber or Grubhub type mentality where it's just like, we want it now. Uh, how can you do that in the real estate space as well? So I would say... Um, I, I guess the short answer is value proposition and value add. Um, how are you, how are you different from your competitors or what are you doing above and beyond your competitors? Mm. Man, that's great. Deba, I'm going to pass it to you next. Th thoughts on just, Hey, I'm, I'm a quick macro look and how people might be thinking or what people might be paying attention to as far as revenue models, programs, and what's happening to the business model of property management. I'm just going to say ditto. <laughs> Uh, he did touch on a lot and he touched on some really great, um, opportunities and ideas of what to do. Um, one thing I wanted to kind of piggyback on what he said is everybody has kind of their niche on how they do their business. And Mike had said it earlier, there's no wrong way or right way necessarily to run a property management company because every one of us does it differently, but we each have their, our own niche. It might be luxury. It might be C-class or D-class properties. So each of those brings its own value to our client. And what we should do is look at what the value add for that could be. And it might be an RBP or it might be something completely different that is catered towards that niche. And so 
once we've kind of figured that out, then I think we can actually look at the business a little bit differently. Um, I think as well, if we look at our business as more of an opportunity to treat it as this, um, as an actual business and not, you know, this is just kind of a, a part-time pastime thing for us, we can actually um, do account reviews with our clients more regularly, treat, have it be more of an experience for our client and for the resident. And what would that look like in the end? Thanks, Dev. And uh, Eric, we'll let you bring us home on this one. Anything else you'd like to add as far as what you're seeing out there for revenue programs, business models, interesting things to be paying attention to, where it's getting competitive, where differentiation might be? Sure. I think there's, you know, there's been a, a push in the industry over the last couple of years. And I guess I would say mine's a word of caution, Andrew. There's been a push in the industry to do, you know, pet guarantees and and offer various kinds of uh, eviction protection programs and and all of those things. And and you know, we, we need to be careful as property managers to make sure that you know, we hear an idea, we need to, you know, go home, check out our state laws, check with all the appropriate uh, things and places that we need to get, uh, get, you know, make sure that things are going to get blessed and get done right. We're seeing now, we're, I mean, I'm starting to see now in some states where uh, state's Department of Insurance and other regulatory bodies are starting to come out and say, no, you shouldn't, you can't be doing this, you know, and, you know, you can't be, um, you can't be selling insurance if you're not a licensed insurance agent and you shouldn't be, you know, you, you call it a guarantee, but we think it's really insurance. And so you, you shouldn't do that or whatever those things are. So, you know, there's a lot of great ideas out there. You know, revenue is all about providing a service and finding out what people need. They're looking for that experience. As, as Philip said, the younger and younger generations that we're dealing with in property management, they want convenience and they want experiences and, and they just want things simple. And so they're willing to pay, you know, the property manager, they're willing to pay to get, to have things taken care of for them. We just need to make sure that we, uh, we when we add these things into our businesses, that we're, we're cautious to, uh, to not run amok of various and sundry regulatory bodies that might have a different view of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that's a, a important caution, I think, Eric, for a lot of people to make sure they're being compliant. And uh, especially in the world of financial products, like is it insurance or not? That's a, <laughs> it's a good, and people may have differing opinions on that, right? But make sure you're getting, you know, getting eyes wide open um, about any, any business risks you might be taking. As it relates yeah. To and people always have different opinions on that, Andrew, the, the, but there's one opinion that matters and that's the state insurance commissioner. And right. uh, you know, the last thing that you want to do in a, as a, as a property manager is, is find yourself on the wrong end of, uh, of dealing with the state insurance commission. So um, yep. Don't want to go there. <laughs> Important word of caution. Thanks for the PSA. All right. Uh, Next, next topic here, next question. So, you know, elephant in the room is resident benefit packages. We've seen the average profitability. We're excited to see this NARPM benchmark, you know, that, uh, that profit coach and NARPM are working on the second iteration of that be released with, with, uh, you know, more companies, more data submitting, and also changes, you know, over the last couple of years of, um, you know, how people are monetizing and adding revenue. What is the average revenue per unit, you know, of a company, uh, a management company today? And, you know, Deb, I'd like to start with you on this one of, you know, how are you thinking about, and as you talk to consulting clients, you know, how, how are you thinking about, um, we, we used to see RBPs be like 
$10 a month to $15, $20 a month. People were very afraid even to charge uh, $10 or $20 a month, depending on what was in it. And maybe there was some stuff out there that was really more of you know, monetizing something that was an amenity previously versus bringing new service and new value. Uh, but we've seen resident benefit packages evolve even over a short period of time where it's very typical to see stuff um, you know, double or more uh, those original price points. And even some people in that $50 to $100 range a month, you know, is there anything you would share as you think about what's the potential you know, for this? What should we keep in mind uh, as we do this to do it responsibly? And how do you teach clients to think about um, how they might take advantage of whether it's a resident or investor benefits package, you know, what they're including pricing and how that interacts with their management fee? I know that's a lot uh, to set up the question, but that hopefully it helps clarify. <clears throat> okay. So I think there's a couple of things. One, you have to be able to, just like you do with your management fees, you have to be able to speak comfortably to what it is you're offering. So if you're not the person that's talking to the clients or um, initiating what's going on, your team has to feel like they have to adopt it for one, they have to understand it. And then they are the ones who are going to be having these hard conversations because they are hard conversations. Sometimes tenants will raise, you know, a concern over why they have to pay an additional amount. And um, they have to be able to say, this is the, you know, this is the benefit you're getting. And this is what we're providing on a, on a monthly basis, maybe a yearly basis. I don't know. Um, that, that's got to be first and foremost, because if you can't get your team involved and adopt what you're doing, then it's kind of a, a whole moot point. Already, people think that we, you know, charge a lot for management fees and that we're, you know, we're making and raking in all this money. So um, I think we want to be careful because you can really have a lot of add-ons. And at some point, you could have more add-ons than you can have everything else. So what is that, what is that benchmark going to be? And um, I think we have to figure out what our break-even is, what we're looking at making, and that, and what our profitability, what we want it to be, and then how can we execute that in a way that is digestible for everyone involved, both for our owners and for our residents and for our team. Because again, the team is the one who's having to manage all of this and and really execute it. And if they can't do it, then then we have to kind of go back to the drawing board and figure out what it is. And, and it's really a conversation to have with the team first on why we're doing it, what it's going to, how we're going to benefit, and then maybe set KPIs with the team around that as well. So incentivize them to help push this uh, you know, initiative through. I really like you covering some great tips there on just like change management in general and you know, <laughs> getting the team on board because mm -hmm. that's so important with new things like this. Uh, in making them successful, that implementation. Really appreciate you sharing that. Um, Eric, when I come to you next, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, I mean, you provided some caution to start, like wh what else do you think people should be thinking about or, you know, requirements? And when I think about what programs am I adding, what revenue sources am I adding, you know, what requirements do I have, what considerations or, or tensions might I have in places? I think through that and doing that responsibly. Really understanding who your audience is, you know, who is, who are your owners? What, what are their needs? What are they wanting you as a property manager to provide? But even in, in, even beyond that, what is it that they're not thinking about that is a pain point to them? They may not know how to articulate, or they might not think of you as the property manager as being able to provide X, but it's a pain point for them in owning that 
investment property. And so, you know, under uncovering that. And then on the residents, it's the same thing. You know, understand again, if you have a, you know, if if your portfolio that you're managing is predominantly class C properties, you know, and your average rent is six or seven hundred dollars a month, it's going to be really difficult for you to to tell an, a tenant that they're going to have to pay you $50 a month for a resident benefit package. I'm just throwing out a number. But, you know, and so you've got to really understand your audience, understand what your client base is, what their makeup is, and then figure out what are the things that, you know, that they're already paying for or the services that they need or the things that they want, and then craft uh, solutions around those issues. Can I add something to that, Andrew? I think Eric, I think what Eric is saying is spot on. It comes back to the expectations, what our clients are. So if they, they have preconceived expectations of what they want from us, we need to find out what those are right away. And we may not be a good fit for them and that's going to be okay, but we want to make sure that we're meeting their expectations as well as they're meeting our expectations. We have to set the boundaries for them in addition to setting the boundaries for our residents, because this is about the experience and we're going to fail immediately if we haven't met whatever expectations they have of us that we didn't ask about. So that's on us if we don't find that information out first. And Andrea, as, as I was researching resident benefit packages recently, I came across a company in, in Georgia, the, in Atlanta, that's a low income housing. And that's what they specialize in as a, as a property management company. And included in their resident benefit package is telemedicine service. Yeah. And I mean, you know, who would have thought there that the property manager would be, you know, thinking about that. But when you look at their average, you know, resident that makes $25,000 a year, probably doesn't have health insurance or limited access to health insurance. And so a telemedicine service included in that resident benefit package was a very positive thing and very well received by their residents. Yeah, great point about like really understanding who you're for. And there's going to be different needs across different asset types, different, you know, ultimately if you're marketing and attracting a certain type of investor or property or right residents, how you're thinking about doing that and making sure it's aligning to what your strategic, you know, vision is for what's the winning experience that we're going to create. Like I think there's some, there was a lot of agreement earlier today, but we also saw some like competing visions, I would say, for like what kind of experience people think is a winning experience out there. I think that's great to see people having different opinions out there, trying different things, attracting different groups of people and seeing what works. So it's cool to see. Phil, I want to pass it to you at this point. You know, same, same question. Like what, what should we be thoughtful about as we approach, um, you know, these revenue generating opportunities, what potential or opportunity, you know, do you, do you see with this? Yes. And just, you know, I think Devin Eric, are right on it's it's understanding the setting the expectations understanding the need for the client and the resident uh but also understanding your niche and and what better than we've got an office in augusta georgia and an office in nashville tennessee right pick your price in nashville anyone will pay it Augusta, we've got to be a little more strategic um but but on top of that i think really anytime a new fee a new benefit gets gets added Andrew, I think we see like, let's test the waters and, and everyone's just property management in general. It's a little more re or has traditionally been more reactive than proactive. So it's like, 
well, let's throw it out there at 10 or $15 and see what happens. Are we going to have longer days on markets because the residents don't want it or understand it? Are the clients going to get upset because they're not getting 10 or $15 more in rent? And so I think we're, what we're finding is as more PMs come on board, um, we're understanding the, the, we're setting expectations and just kind of understanding the, the value that's being provided. We're, we're reaching the equilibrium, I guess. And so understanding what price point works for the added benefits in each market. Um, and, and the only other thing I'll add is just in that competition between investor and like, hey, that could be whatever, $50 more in rent or $35 more in rent that I'm not getting. How we kind of discuss it with the investor is your rent is based on the market, the location, the finishes of the property, and the resident benefits package is the value, the experience, um, what, what are we providing to the resident, right? And so those are two totally different things, but it's not affecting your rent. Your rent, you're going to get what you're going to get based on the market value, but we're also going to see what we can get to be able to provide this additional experience to the resident. So I know that's always something that comes up of like, how do I sell this to my investor or how do I sell this to the resident? And how do, like, are we competing? But you're not competing. You're just providing that additional service. Hmm. Yeah, I, I love that because I, I remember a couple of years ago, we were talking so much, some of these initial fee amounts, like when you're talking about $5 or $10, something like that, like there was a common approach to build it into the rent, right? And so you just advertise the rent at a slightly higher price and you offer these amenities. And, and that's been multifamily, a lot of multifamilies approach, right? For some of what they've done. Um, and it, it's been, you know, maybe effective, you know, some will debate that it's there, but, you know, it, it's what they're doing. Um, in single family, it's like, it, it, it seems like our smaller residential, you know, properties versus multiple hundred units in one place. Um, you don't have all these shared amenities, everything else. It, it, it's really a distinct value proposition. And that's what we're seeing as the best practice of the, the rent is the rent amount. I'm looking for this amount in this school zone, right? This bed bath or whatever it might be. And I've got my box there potentially. And I'm, I'm not keeping that separate where an investor might feel, yeah, I'm, I'm not getting the rent. <laughs> amount I should be, right? There's a rent rate, this, and then separately from that, here's all these additive differentiated services and experiences that are a, a distinct value proposition on their own, right? And, and I think a lot of people have proven that you can do that, um, you know, and be pretty successful with that. So love that, love that comment. Want to shift here from the resident side to the investor side, and then want to hit some like practical, tactical things here, takeaways, people we can get into. We might get some questions as we hit this next section in the chat. Um, Deb, I'm going to come to you first on the investor side, you know, as far as programs for investors, offerings for investors, you know, maximizing investor revenue, but thinking, okay, to get to the revenue, we also got to maximize investor value. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, comments about asset management versus property management earlier today. I'm curious, you know, how are you seeing and what do you see as the future for the offerings and ultimately monetization strategies that could be possible on the investor side? So I've talked about this several times. I uh, I feel like the what we need to do is kind of go back to this old approach of we're account reps and we have to do a review with our client. I mean, we we had this back in the day when we all when a lot of us first started in the industry, we would hear from our software providers sometimes monthly, at least quarterly. You know, when there was new add-ons that we could add on to our software. Um, some you know, we even got it with like maybe our cell phone provider or something, but we've kind of gotten away from that. And so I want to see us go back into this customer experience, like providing more than, and somebody mentioned it earlier on 
um, the chat, I read, I think it was actually Jim, he was asking about, you know, what are you providing more than just your income statement every month? And I wholeheartedly agree that we should provide a lot more than just that. Um, and but again, going back to our investor, what is it they're expecting from us? And can we provide that? Can our software provide that? Is that something that we can do? So maybe giving them more of a packet. That's what multifamily does. Multifamily is really good about they provide a whole packet. It talks about their marketing strategy, what they're doing for listing these properties. What are the delinquencies? What's going, you know, what's the maintenance been like providing a bigger picture because investors are becoming a little bit more savvy into what they're putting their money into. And so we should treat it like a financial advisor and, you know, give them more of a report. And then maybe every quarter kind of doing this account and review, looking back and saying, here's, here's how much you spent maintenance. And here's what we need, you know, here's what we're budgeting, which is something else that we've talked about um, earlier. Um, and that's really important as well. Looking at this differently and what can we, can we provide that level of service? And is that in our wheelhouse to do? Mm. Awesome. Thanks for getting us kicked off there, Deb. Mm -hmm. Phil, if I can come to you next, then we'll go to Eric after that. Yes, I just just recap my question, Andrew, just kind of what the investor, what, what we're seeing as the future of the investor experience and property management. That's right. Opportunities for value creation and monetization on the investor side. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think um, the, the biggest thing that we see is, is with investors is setting expectations, communication and transparency, right? And if we can have that, uh, we'll generally have a, a good experience. I think with investors, what we're seeing is they don't really want to do anything, um, but they, they want to have all the information, right? And so if we can supply that to them, um, then they can be passive investors. It's when we don't supply that to them or they don't know everything that we're doing for them that the question arises, the phone rings, the emails come in. It's like, hey, what's going on here, et cetera. So, so definitely that proactive approach. How do we, how do we turn that into... Uh, how do we turn that into revenue, I guess? I think there's a lot of attention on the client because we got to keep the client. We got to have the properties to, to be able to make an income. There's a lot of attention on the resident. Uh, I think uh, my, uh, I think it was like um, Helena that mentioned it earlier. We, we forget about the asset sometimes. Like this is really the thing that's the, the revenue generator here, right? As we someone's invested in a property, um, there's a certain uh, class or grade of property that it is. It's our job to find the, the right resident for the right property uh, and to be able to manage that entire relationship uh, effectively. And so I think the asset is a huge revenue opportunity is resident benefits package has allowed us to capitalize uh, a little bit on the resident experience. I'm sure uh, an investor, uh, I know some folks that have investor benefits packages that are going to allow us to capitalize on the investor side, but also asset management and proper, true property management where we're looking after the asset. So the property, that's additional inspections, uh, preventative HVAC servicing, gutter cleaning, roof inspections, just an just a annual checklist walkthrough to say that, hey, how, how can we be proactive? Um, your water heater is X years old. Your HVAC is X years old. You should be prepped. You need to start saving if you haven't your, your CapEx reserves. And so just that little that level of proactivity, communication, transparency, but we've, we've found the resident side opportunity. Uh, I think there's going to be a shift to the investor side opportunity, uh, added value. Um, but let's not forget the property that's out there also. And how can we protect that? Because without that, we, we can't lease it. We can't, uh, we can't supply rent income to the investor. 
uh, let's not forget about the property. Mm. We're going to circle back to dig in on some practical stuff here, Phil, that I'm, I'm sure the audience is wanting. <laughs> Maybe they feel teased a little bit. We've talked about some of these things in concept and getting in, into it more specifically. But I want to come to Eric first. Eric, anything on the investor side that you're seeing as, hey, this is going to a, a way to think about or be thoughtful of in creating value on the investor side, big opportunities there and potential monetization strategies? Yeah, I, I mean, two things. First of all, both Deb and Phil have said it that you know, I, we as property managers, we've got to start thinking more like asset managers. And and you know, we're here to you know, this client has made an investment, and we should be guiding that client through the management of that investment, not just collecting rent. And that's unfortunately what property management in in the third party single family space has been for so long. Of course, the multifamily space for you know, decades has been focused on ROI, return on investment. You know, what's the ROI? And we've got to become much more focused on that in our space. And then you start, and then you start looking at at ideas like, well, hmm, okay, so my owner client has this property that they bought in my community and I'm managing it. And we've got a great resident in in place. And my owner client says, hey, you know what? Rather than waiting monthly to get my rent checks, what if I could take six months of rent as an advance and I would be willing to pay, you know, 10%, you know, off of that uh, to get six months in advance? Or what if I want 12 months in advance? Or, you know, and, and now you start to create different ideas or different things that a property manager could be involved in either with third party and service providers to help with or, or doing that, you know, funding those things themselves where they say, yeah, we'll guarantee that tenant. We'll go ahead and write a check and send you, you know, 12 months of rent, uh, less a fee. And, and then we'll just manage the property. And, uh, you know, so there's just, there's all kinds of different things around that, that you could think about again, insurance products, um, you know, that you could legally offer. You think about, uh, you know, all of the different, all of the different investments that need to be made in a property on an annual basis that that Philip mentioned that you know we just don't we don't spend enough time I think as property managers really understanding and realizing you know in in real estate we say the rule of thumb is if you don't spend one percent of the value of the property per year in in capital expenses then you're going to spend it you're going to spend all of that money at once when you go to sell the property and you know, just look at the, just wait for that inspection report to come through and you'll, you know, you'll get a big bill at the end of the day. And, you know, so we, we've got to be, we've got to do a much, much more education, coaching, advising really of our clients to help them understand when they, it's just not as simple as buying a property and then sitting back and collecting the rent. They've really got to think about this as an investment, as a, as an asset and they've got a plan for expenses. They've got a plan for repairs. They've got a plan for CapEx events. And then they should be looking at their ROI every year and comparing it just like they look at their stock portfolio every year and seeing, you know, am I up? Am I down? And, you know, how am I doing? How is this asset helping me build wealth and reach my goals and dreams that I have as an investor? Yeah, that's great. Um, so here's what I want to do with, with most of the time we have left and would love to hear in the chat if anyone wants to help guide this a specific relevant direction. Hey, that's a benefit of being here live. Uh, you get to have that input and we'll, we'll take questions or 
request for more detail. I'll keep an eye out in the chat and try to help help bring that here to the panel as we're up here. But Phil, Phil I want to start with you. You know, you've mentioned a handful of things like you mentioned resident effects, you mentioned owner benefit package, you mentioned preventive maintenance programs, uh, you know, a handful of things. Are there a couple of things specifically that you could just do here? Here's a quick kind of simple breakdown, right, of and not asking anybody to discuss fees or specifics here, right, or, or violate any code of ethics. But could you give a little more, like maybe a couple of practical examples of here's something somebody could take as an idea and potentially run with or start to dig deeper into after this as a way to add revenue to their property management business you've had success with? Yeah, I think, um, you know, some, some folks will uh, include it in their property management agreement as, as like an annual inspection. Um, and my question is, what are you inspecting? Uh, are you inspecting the condition of the property? Are you uh, inspecting, you know, do you have a good resident? Should you renew that lease? What are you inspecting, right? And so we can go through a full, um, what we call, we, we use a program called Site Audit Pro. We can, you know, look at your roof. Uh, do you have limbs overhanging? Do you have a lot of debris? Is that causing uh, faster, you know, deterioration of your roof? Um, cleaning gutters, uh, you name it, right? Appliance ages, HVACs, uh, water heaters. Uh, you wouldn't believe how many times I see someone put in brand new LVP and it's like, well, let's swap out the water heater that's 15 years old and rusted. No, let's wait to do that. It's like, ah, that's going to that's gonna bust and, and, and just leak all over your brand new LVP. But um, that's, uh, that's, that's for another time. But yeah, so I, I think that's one of the easiest things is inspections, right? Annual inspections. Is that included? Is that is that a, a value add? And how do you make it a value add? What are you actually inspecting in that annual inspection? And how can you make it where it's more beneficial for the investor that they're paying an additional fee for that? Um, you can just take a quick walkthrough with some iPhone photos, or we can take a 360 camera and actually go through this, uh, this checklist of things with serial numbers and dates, et cetera, um, that we're providing a value to you. Um, and we're being proactive and forecasting, once again, HVAC uh, replacement, roof replacement, uh, whatever the case may be, um, along with is a resident taking care of the property, should we renew the lease, et cetera. Yeah. That's just a, a, an easy one there. If I can follow up on this one just a little bit. So it sounds like, hey, preventive maintenance program, an annual property review. We've got uh, Phil Owen on here, by the way. I know on-site pros isn't nationwide in every market, but a number of people use them uh, to get some property awareness and very detailed reports and uh, as a way uh, of doing things like this. I mean, it kind of takes me back to Eric's comment of saying like 1% of maintenance, you know, you're going to pay for it. The question is when, right? And how? Uh, and it sounds like there's maybe an option to, hey, this could be included and it's part of our management fee and we've got to market it and communicate it appropriately. But there's also an option to take it outside of the management fee uh, you know, and and do that do that differently. Like, how how are you approaching it as far as how you're structuring it, where you're structuring it, and why'd you choose to do it that way? I mean, we're we're it's it's, it's an additional benefit right now. We'd like to get get everyone uh, on that, but I mean, we're we're investor based, right? We're not the the accidental landlord or somebody that's moved away that's coming back. We're heavily investor focused, and so we want the responsible landlord that is aware of. Uh, you know, proactive maintenance, 
we sell it as you can pay for it now or you can pay for it later. Same thing Eric mentioned, it's always going to be cheaper now, right? When the property is vacant, when we do the initial renovation. Um, and so when we, when we go through these inspection reports or itemized quotes, we're, we're offering suggestions and that's exactly what they are. But we want to have the conversation that if you decline that, that's totally fine. We just want you to be aware, like our, our knowledge, our experience, Hey, we've learned this lesson a hundred times and we're trying to prevent you from, from learning that same lesson. So right now it's, it's certainly uh, optional, but we'd like to continue moving towards um, just having that built in. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Deb, wanted to come to you, something practical, actionable, it could be one idea, it could be two or three, uh, but enough for people to go on of like, hey, I can actually take some action following this on revenue programs. So I had the pleasure of speaking at the MELD conference and my topic was how to make money in maintenance because if you know, for those who know me, I love maintenance and I love making money in maintenance. So I'm going to share one slide that I presented that just kind of to your point, Andrew, it gave some ideas. This isn't going to be applicable for everyone, but you can kind of definitely get some ideas of some maintenance program uh, things that you can do. Phil actually mentioned a couple of these. You've got, you know, HVAC, you've got roof, you've got pest control. Like some of these things we do on an annual basis, maybe a semi-annual basis, uh, snow removal for those who live in the Arctic and ice melt programs, same thing. Um, but, you know, these are ideas that we can put into an owner benefit package and then present to our investors is something that preventatively, how can we um, implement some of these services and ideas to um, to really uh, increase not just the revenue on the property management side, but also to preventatively, be, you know, take care of the asset. Um, and because that's, you know, that's the goal and budget those things into it. So in the end, we're presenting a full package that really increases the value over time of the of the asset and not just the immediate, you know, need. Awesome. No, thanks for that. Thanks for sharing the slide. That was mm-hmm. like on the fly there, Deb. That was great. You're <laughs> welcome. Eric, I want to bring it to you. A couple practical, actionable ideas for folks here. Well, I mean, don't, the thing that sticks out after listening to Phil and Deb, I mean, the, don't get caught up. Too many property managers get caught up in trying to be the cheapest in town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they want to have the cheapest management fee and they want to have the cheapest you know, leasing commission or whatever the, the, you know, and that's what they're, you know, they're just trying to, you know, well, you know, be the cheapest. Offer the greatest value, you know, and, and, to, and approach your clients in a way that says, I will make you more money. If you work with my property management company, you will end up with more money in your pocket at the end of the year. And here is why, because we were very responsive to maintenance issues. We, you know, and if we respond to maintenance issues on time in a timely manner, then tenants will be more likely to stay in your rental property and pay their rent on time. And we're proactive about looking at these, you know, these capex issues that that some of the things that were on Deb's list. I don't know what snow removal and ice melt is, um, but you know, but you know, things like gutter cleaning and things like you know roof inspections. And I mean, you know, down here in um, down here in South Carolina. Um, uh, roof vent boots have to be replaced about every five years because the sun beats down on them so much that, and they just, they crack and they deteriorate. And so, you know, that's a proactive thing that if you're in the South, you, you know, you could be doing for your owners and that prevents roof leaks 
And man, anytime you prevent a roof leak, you've saved somebody, you know, thousands of dollars. And, and so if we can change the thought process and the narrative to, uh, well, I'm the cheapest property manager in town to, I am going to help you, Mr. and Mrs. Client make more money, have more money in your pocket at the end of the year. And we can prove that with the data and the statistics and the results that we have produced for other clients, then I think, you know, you've got a winning situation. You know, uh, I, I think Mike Catalano threw a, a, a jab when he was talking about tenant versus renter versus uh, resident earlier today, because second nature is very particular in using language like resident as opposed to tenant, or we say investor as opposed to owner. And Phil, this may be a, a tee up for you for something I don't think we've covered yet, but um, you know, it, it's a big commitment to say, I'm going to be an asset manager. I'm going to educate investors and do this kind of thing. But taking a lot of people from owner to investor based on education, program, et cetera, and thinking from that investor mindset of I'm, I'm looking to maximize you know, a financial result over time as opposed to an owner, I just like have, have something is where my kind of identity is. That that may seem very subtle, and to some people, they may just think it's annoying. And you're entitled to your opinion. We don't <laughs> we, we don't force ours on anybody else's. But that's a big reason we believe in that because you know some of these programs you guys are talking about it can create great value, but you need a time horizon right on, on it that's long enough in order to create that value over time, right? That kind of relationship over time. And so you know, Phil, I, I think you were. It, whether it was chat or um, somewhere else mentioning something you guys are doing kind of to that end, how are you guys approaching that? Yeah, yeah. so I, I think this is kind of a, an off the wall revenue generating idea, but you know, outside of just uh, resident benefit package, property, you know, preventative maintenance, but something we've done uh, that's worked really well for us and, and a lot of success is I think so many times uh, property managers, we got to learn how to value our time, right? And what is your time worth? And one of the benefits we have is I'm an investor myself. I've learned many hard lessons over and over, but I've also got to see firsthand with, you know, managing uh, hundreds of properties that just repetition, right? So we've done it over and over again. We've learned what works. We've learned what doesn't work. We have different uh, different personalities of clients. Some some are the thrifty ones. We see how that goes. Some are the preventative maintenance people. We see how that goes. So we have a lot of knowledge here and experience that we can share with others. Um, and so what we actually did uh, was we started a mastermind. And so uh, I know there's some masterminds for property management, but we went to the investors to say, let us show you how to invest. And let us let us introduce you to our network of people. Um, this works a lot with out-of-state investors. So we actually get paid uh, a monthly fee. We get on Zoom calls. We we walk you through how to how to burrow a property, how to buy your first investment, what to look for, how to build your team. It doesn't have to be with us. You can invest anywhere else in the country, but we're trying to teach you how to vet these people. And so, as a, as a revenue generating idea, we're getting paid to teach people how to how to look for an agent, uh, what to look for in an investor agent, uh, how to vet a property manager, whether it's us or someone else, or maybe we know Deb or Eric uh, and their locations and we can refer you over and here's, a, here's your instant team. And so they're paying for a lot of the value and relationships that we've created. In turn, a lot of those folks end up becoming our clients. So we've actually trained our future clients, how we want them to act. We want them to be uh, responsible to do the preventative maintenance. So now we're actually getting paid to teach our clients how to act 
and then converting them into sales clients, uh, renovation clients, and ultimately property management asset clients. And that is a huge, huge, uh, it's somewhat of a trend, but a huge value opportunity uh, for a lot of PMs here is, is create that mastermind, be, uh, be the investor community in your, in your market and open it up to, you know, doesn't have to convert them to you, refer them out to other people and, uh, and, and it'll come back tenfold. And Phil, we found, if I can piggyback on that, we have found that our team loves the interaction with our owner clients and with our residents when it's not about a water pipe just burst. You know, we need you to send us a $1,500 for this repair. Um, you know, we had a cold shower this morning, you know, all of those things, our teams, it, it really energizes the teams when they can be interacting with our owner clients and our residents in these positive educational, you know, uplifting ways rather than just as always, we're always calling about a problem. This is why you want to proactively talk to your clients, not just when there's a maintenance issue, right? So this is if we already built, it's all about building relationships of trust. They don't trust us the minute that we've, they've hired us. They're hiring us because they have a need but they haven't trust, they don't know what we can do yet. So we have to build that trust and it takes time. So once we build that relationship of trust and we're calling them not about maintenance to Eric's point, then when we do call them about maintenance, it's gonna be like, I totally trust you guys, go for it. And it's not, it's not the, will you get a second bid? I mean, how many of us have heard that? Will you get a third bid? The answer is no, because we're, many of us I know are not charging for, our time in doing that. And it does take a lot of time and we don't want to have those combative conversations. And this is the reason why our team struggles with talking to owners because it's all about conflict. And naturally as humans, we don't like conflict unless you're Todd. So um, other than that, then, then, you know, that's how we build this relationship and this um, over time. Remember in the end, we're the experts. We're the ones who know exactly what to do. And if we don't, we're going to fake it until we make it. We're going we're gonna to study up ourselves. We're going to educate ourselves. And then we're going to educate our clients. Awesome. Man, I think uh, from a time standpoint, I got I to gotta pause it here. I feel like we could, I mean, we could probably talk about this till the cows come home, as they say. Um, Phil, I, I love what you shared and what everyone added there. I mean, it, it almost sounds like you're, you're doing great marketing and like teaching people about how you view getting great outcomes and they're paying you uh, for that marketing, you know, <laughs> along the way, which really helps with acquisition costs and, and just even having any dollar amount, even some dollar amount, uh, very modest, it, it, it probably shifts from this is free content, paid content, like there's probably a mentality shift there about what people are getting, the value you're creating there. Um, it doesn't have to be exorbitant to be a good idea. So really cool. Great. Love that we got that added in. Here's what I want to do. I want to say thank you again to this panel. Phil, Eric, Deb, really appreciate you all generously giving your time here today, your expertise, what you shared with us. Uh, super appreciated. That's all for today's Triple Win Property Management Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your life with us. We do not take it for granted. I also want to give a shout out to Carol Housel for everything she and our team does to make these possible. It's crazy to think about over 5,000 professional property managers have pressed play on episodes in season one and season two now. And we really want to encourage you to keep giving feedback because more and more people are listening. It's getting better and better and better. 
thanks to everything that you're sharing with us. If you like this enough to listen, I want to encourage you to share it with other people. Um, you can give us feedback directly on those social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you're hanging out. You can also send us an email at triplewin at secondnature.com. And we just want to give more. We're, we're, there's no sales pitch here. Just want to offer more resources that help you find and stack your next triple win and become a triple win driven property manager. So where can you find that? You can find the private Facebook group. You can find our blog. You can find our newsletter. You can find more resources all at rbp.secondnature.com. Just search for what you're looking for there. And every time we see you, we want to see a better version of you and your business to that end. Keep it going. Feel inspired. Take our encouragement and we'll see you next time.